Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Dating Hypothesis in 2023. We've got a whole bunch of new goals and episodes to share with you, and we're going to give you a quick run over of what's coming up. Using scientific research and our own personal stories, we are going to form a dating, dating hypothesis. In conclusion, it's biology. It's presumptive. It's hypothetical. It's interpretive. Hey everybody, my name is Kayla. And this is Rachel with Dating Hypothesis. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is a new year and we are so excited. I have a lineup of episodes that I have been thinking about writing for the last 12 years. Of course, I had no idea they were going to be podcasts. We have kinks and how that looks in societies and different societies. We're going to dive into what is love. We're going to talk about postpartum depression. We're going to talk about whether sex is even important. And then cultures around the world that have altars or designated areas for penises and fertility. They sell souvenirs in the shape of penises. Fun fact, they also have ones in the shape of females holding their vulva wide open. I'll have to share some pictures on that on our Facebook and website pages. Definitely. So we've got some very interesting episodes coming up this year. I am super excited to write them. I'm super excited to record them. We're excited about your guys' feedback and input and ideas surrounding these topics. We're going to get into nature. Are we part of nature or are we separate and apart from nature? What is communal sex? What is tribal love? How are we quantumly entangled with each other? We're going to have an entire episode devoted to dark secrets, why we share and why we shouldn't share those dark secrets. And we're going to talk about cheating. So that's a topic that's probably not going to be upbeat, lively, or positive. (laughs) Then again, our dark sense of humor on this show, it might manage to be. We're going to have an episode devoted to trans, all things trans, bacteria, small animals, aquatic life, mammals, human beings, anything that can possibly trans itself, we're going to get into. We're going to have an episode designated just for how do you have sex? Some of these episodes, we really get into sexual details. This one is just going to be, how do you actually have sex? And we're going to talk about our inner voice. Is our inner voice good or bad? How does that develop? How does that manifest? Is that different in different cultures? What if you're blind? What if you're deaf? 
What does your inner voice look like? So some of these topics are going to be even higher level than our typical trigger warning, of course. So we always want people to keep that in mind because the show is blatantly honest, as you've probably seen in prior episodes. Some of these things are not for anyone under like 17. Is that is that the appropriate age group? I don't know. Some of them probably less than 20. <laughs> Some of these I feel like aren't appropriate for me. Sometimes Rachel talks and I'm looking for my wine glass as fast as I can. You're like, oh God, oh God, oh God, what is coming out of her mouth? <laughs> <laughs> there are things she has said that I had never heard of in my 30 years. And it's a little like, whoa. And of course, now that they've been said, like, because we all know that phones and stuff listen, I've had advertisements about sugar babies and things like that appear on my phone. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, no, no, thank you. Make it go away. <laughs> Speaking of sugar babies, my sugar daddy, whom just this last episode, I was 100% confident I had kicked my ex-boyfriend out the door, told him I moved even though I didn't so he can never find me, kicked both my sugar daddies out the door. I blocked the one on my email so he cannot contact me anywhere, anyhow, unless he showed up my door and left a note on my door, which he wouldn't. But this one, Kayla, this one is very persistent. He's like the Klingon, won't let go has glommed on is leeching the life out of me this man would not let go so we had this major blow up for two weeks canceled our hawaii island hopping trip this man really really wants me in his life in order to convince me that I needed to come back and stay with him until he dies because he's quite old he's 92 he bought me a brand new car Yes, he sure did. And I'm not going to lie, I judged you a little bit when you sent me the picture, Rachel. I was judging myself. <laughs> but you know what? I like my new car. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. You just keep tolerating these men that just drain you. I don't get it, honey. You don't get what you deserve back. Everything you've told me about this sugar daddy is he's bottom tier level and you're giving him top tier effort. And I just don't get it. I didn't either, which is why I broke up with him. But something about this brand new car is really just... <laughs> Rachel went, ooh, shiny object. Shiny brand new car. So we were supposed to spend my month off of school, island hopping Hawaii. And then we had the big fight and he canceled half of the stuff. The other half was like, screw you. We got your money. You're not getting it back. So we still have like half of this itinerary in Hawaii that we could go take advantage of because he's not going to get his money back. He's still a little glum about that he's like Hawaii gives me bad feelings now because of the big fight so we're looking at trips to the Antarctic we're looking at trips to Alaska trips to Iceland trips to Greenland trips to Newfoundland never heard of that not really sure what that's about it's in Canada Okay. After looking at the cruises, the hotels, the costs of itineraries, the flights to get to these places, what kind of itineraries they have last minute now, like we want to leave the day after Christmas and then be gone for three weeks. And we've come to the conclusion that we might as well just go island hop Hawaii because we have half an itinerary there still. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what a 180 to go from beautiful, warm Hawaii to literally the frozen tundra. Dude, I really want to see ice so bad. Something about it is calling to me. My soul needs to freeze to death in the Antarctic. You sound like my husband. He would homestead in Alaska if we could. Don't get me wrong. Some days after dealing with stupid people, I kind of feel like that's a good idea. 
You're like, let's pick up and go. Also, I don't like being cold. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the thing. I don't like being cold either and being on a ship on the deck over in the wind overlooking, you know, but there would be whale watching. There would be penguins and it's only for 12 or 14 days, depending on the cruise. I can handle anything for two weeks, even freezing my fucking ass off. Something about the color of these icebergs is just calling to me. I've never wanted to travel the world before. And then when I got that free trip to Europe for a year, now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do anything for two weeks. I want to go freeze my fucking balls off in Antarctica for two weeks. You're a brave soul. If it were me, I would stick to the island hopping. I think we're going to end up island because he already spent all this money, right? And he's not getting half of it back. And it's kind of like looking at all of these other trips. It's like, maybe we should just freaking go back to Hawaii and get over the pain of our two-week-long argument. I'm like, dude, whatever. We had an argument. Get over it. And I feel like with enough Mai Tais, you can get over any argument. Yes. And when you're in Hawaii, like, come on, just freaking blink and you're over it. <laughs> or is that the sociopath in me? Like... I don't know. Do you guys do you guys get over arguments really easy? Do you hold grudges? If somebody was like, oh, if we go to Hawaii, it's going to be ruined and all I'm going to think about is our arguments. Is it bad that I don't think about our argument at all anymore? He bought me a car. I'm happy. As far as I'm concerned, we're done arguing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think that's the sociopath in you because normal people do dwell a little bit. I'm pretty sure if I got nice fancy gifts, I could probably get over things too, but they would still be floating in the back of my mind like, you dirty son of a bitch, you pissed me off for two goddamn weeks. You Really? It would still float? Oh, are you kidding me? If I bought you a brand new car tomorrow, you'd still have shit floating in the back of your mind. <laughs> I've got shit floating in the back of my head from ex-boyfriends that I don't even have anything to do with anymore. Like, are you kidding me? I like being a sociopath. I do not think about a single person in my past. Not one. In fact, I can't even remember my husband's names. How? I don't know. How? I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I have object permanence issues because of my ADHD, right? If I don't see someone long enough, they disappear until something triggers them again. But that's the thing is there's the trigger again. Like if I pull out my high school yearbook and I see my ex-boyfriend, oh my gosh, my brain just sits there going over all the horrible, terrible things he did and I just wish I could cut his penis off. See, I'm almost that. I forget them. Their object permanence is they're gone. And then people try to trigger their memory. They're like, oh, you were married. Tell me about it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there were so many. They're all jumbled up. And I try to remember one. I'm like, no, that was the other one. I try to remember. And I'm like, no, that was the other one. I'm like, was it? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Is it that you don't remember? Is it that you just have so many memories of marriage just going boing, 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 boing in there? And you can't remember which one because they were all assholes. Somebody was actually asking me. They were like, oh, what about, you know, I really like what you're saying about your second one. Tell me more about him. What was his name? And I'm just like, I uh, names names and then oh and I had to fill out all my last names on something I was applying for something and they're like please list all of your previous last names I could only think of like two of them and I was jumbling up I'm like okay one of them was like <laughs> like what the fuck was that last name how I mean granted again I've only had two last names in my lifetime I've had six my mom hates my dad so much she created these fake names for us she just decided we all were gonna have the last name Briar Moon it was not legal she had nobody's permission to do it she just put on our school information for 10 years that our last name was this fictitious name and then she screamed and fought and wrote 10 page letters to the DMV until they gave us a driver license with a fake last 
name. No shit. My brother ended up getting a passport because he had these documents. And then when he tried to leave the country to go backpack Europe after high school, they detained him because he was trying to leave under an illegal alias. But he had government issued fake IDs, basically. He had my mom is a fucking nutcase oh my god so when i tried to go to college they were like let me see your high school transcripts and i pull them up and they're like no we need to see your legal legal rachel potter and i'm like well i don't have anything like that with that name for 15 years nothing like that with that name and they're like well then you can't go to college and i'm like the fuck i can't it took me months to convince the college to let me go to college under fafsa scholarships because i didn't exist so i've got four husbands last names my dad's last name and then this fictitious last name that doesn't exist and yet is on all of my fucking legal documents my son doesn't have a legal mother because his birth certificate is under a fake last name no my sister's marriage wasn't real she got married under the fake last name and the court system was like oh yeah your le- your marriage isn't legal and she was like fuck <laughs> so they had to go to court and like fix that <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You are. So as someone who loves doing the ancestry and genealogy things, you're my worst nightmare. I'm telling you, I think that's where when they say is a sociopath born or made, folks, this is how you make a sociopath. I feel like maybe you could have had a chance if your mom hadn't been such a wackadoodle dandy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, because, again, we don't know if it's genetics or not. Yeah. Yeah, we know there's no way to know. Because maybe, yeah, it's all fucked up. (laughs) What do we have coming in the upcoming year besides the podcast? So for me, I finally got off the wait list and into all of the classes that I need for the next upcoming semester, which if anybody's gone to college as you're getting close to graduating from your bachelor's, like the, the higher you up are in school, the harder it is to get into these goddamn classes. What the hell? This whole system is jacked. Like it needs to stop doing drugs. It needs to stop blacking out in the middle of the night and not knowing what's going on because it's really hard to take some of these classes. Literally the first day it opened up for registration, eight o'clock in the morning by the time I wanted to register for this only time I could take this class in the history of mankind, the class was full by one o'clock. There's 23 people on the waiting list. Well, I finally got in yesterday. Man, these people are like really do not know what they're doing. You think for an institution like that, they'd have their shit together. But no. Is it a way to weed out people who don't wake up at seven o'clock in the morning to enroll in classes? So basically what you're saying is college is modeled after a college student. Totally drunk, has no idea what's going on, makes really stupid choices, but also is like, hey, we got to do all this stuff and get all this shit done, right? Yeah, cool. Yeah. (laughs) So for me, I have a really difficult semester coming up, but at least I'm in. Like I'm enrolled, everything's set. I have potentially some island hopping next week in Hawaii. And then my sugar daddy wants to take me to Australia for a month. Can I be like your like sugar sister? Can I just be a tag along? I'll just be cute. And by the way, Kayla's coming with us. <laughs> so we're going to train across the entire continent or country or whatever island, whatever Australia is. We're going to go from the east to the west on a train. We're going to mine for gold for four days and then we're going to go snorkel in the reef, Great Reef Barrier. Hmm. Sounds nice. Yeah. So that'll be the month that Kayla gets mad. But Rachel, we're behind. We need to catch up. You need to write some more <laughs> episodes. 
I'll probably be posting a lot on social media because I'll be bored. Be a good time to join Patreon. I'm sure I'll post lots of things there. Yay! So 2023 for me is a little less exciting, I think. Uh, the first half of the year, probably not a whole lot going on, just continuing on with my kids' therapies. But at some point this year, there is a good chance I'm going to look into being a surrogate mother. Something I've kind of mentioned to Rachel before. It's something my husband and I looked at. It all kind of started when I started talking with a friend who's had a little bit of a fertility struggle. And I thought, you know, I'm good at pregnancy, as weird as that statement sounds. And I really don't dislike being pregnant. The only part I dislike is the morning sickness, because that's the only complication I have either. I have some of the most impressive blood pressure and everything else when I'm pregnant. And I actually lose weight, which is good because I'm kind of a little bit of a chonk and that's okay. I love my body. I love my curves. Pregnancy goes well for me. I grow big, healthy, beautiful babies. So why not? Why not do that? Yeah. So we're looking probably late summer, early fall at maybe starting that journey. So that'll be fascinating to try and do on top of the podcast. I'll be like, are you ready to record? And she'll be like, Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> awkward silence as I'm vomiting in the other room. Give me 10 minutes to go puke. <laughs> but I might get some fun travel. My favorite thing about being pregnant was annoying the shit out of the being inside of my stomach. So the lady in the Lamaze class taught us how to differentiate between the head, the feet, and the ass. So she would be like, these are his feet. These are his fists. This is his forehead. This is his ass. And so I would try to grab his feet through my skin of my stomach and he would get so freaked out. He'd like start doing flips around and start twirling around in my stomach. I'm surprised he's like a healthy human being. Yeah, I love that too, but I would, mine were notorious for they'd stick their butt out to like right to the side underneath my ribs. So I'd sit there and be like, booty bongos, boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden they'd like slide in like, hey the hell is that? Yeah, I loved poking at him. It was so much fun. Any mom who tells you they don't is lying. Aw, I hope they're lying. That's so sad if you don't like torturing your children in your stomach. They torture us from the inside. We get to poke at them from the outside. It's all fair. It's just, you know, communication. So he would stretch out as if he was trying to stand up inside of me. So he'd put his head down in like my cervix and he'd push his feet up into my lungs in my heart and he'd get them like stuck way the fuck up to the point where I'd be standing straight up like ah like oh my god my oldest was the king of that it would I would literally like feel his feet pattering on my rib cage and I'm like can you not granted he came out he was almost two feet tall so I guess I can't be surprised my youngest on the other hand was sunny side up for the end of my pregnancy so his forehead would go thunk 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 on my tailbone when he'd move that felt great I thought I broke my tailbone at one point because I was like it hurts so much to sit I guess I'm envious of you being able to be pregnant. I would love to be able to be pregnant and not have to raise another child. I'm like 12 years past menopause. I got my started menopause when I was 36. Don't say that because that's only a few years away from me and that just scares me a little bit. Use it or lose it. Just have like three other people's babies. <laughs> That's the limit, actually. Is it okay? <laughs> yeah, that's the limit. Because you can have up to five pregnancies in your lifetime, your own and the surrogacy. And I've already had two. So they'll let me do three surrogacy pregnancies or like if I have another one, then only two or whatever. So we'll see. I'm kind of excited. What else is coming up this year? How are your kids doing? 
Good. So my oldest, we're probably going to move him out of a full-time therapy program into an actual school program because he's five now and he turned five after the start of the school year. So he couldn't enroll in kindergarten yet anyway. So we're like, we'll just let him do one more year of full-time therapy and then we'll try moving him into this school district. Our school district is really great. I'm actually really impressed. They have multiple special education teachers, one who has a specific background in studying autism. They have OTPT and speech all on staff with these kids. Oh. It's impressive. It really is. So we're really excited to move him into that and get him out of doing full-time therapy. I want him to feel, as much as I don't like using the word around him, normal. I don't want him to feel like he wasn't allowed to have those experiences. And he's moving forward. So there's no reason to really hold him back if we don't have to. Sounds like the school system is actually confident and taking the steps necessary to make integration possible. They are. And I've actually spoken with the teacher who would likely be his teacher and she is the best she's like if you need to teach me how to use certain devices to work with him I will happily sit down and learn them and so I'm really confident I like seeing that in a school district and not oh they're gonna stick him in the special education classroom and hope for the best they actually seem like they really want to help him succeed that's exciting yeah my youngest will be four in just a few short months and that's kind of weird I'm not really like sure how I feel about that because I still see him as my tiny baby But also, like, he's a real human now. He says and does things that I'm like, so you're not a baby. And he says and does weird things. He also thought he was being cute. So, you know, at that age, right, it's exciting when people say, you're getting bigger. You're so big. Well, he came up and patted my stomach and said, mommy, your tummy's so big. I love your big tummy. Is it full of air? That's one of the things you don't need to tell mommy. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it was. It'd be a lot easier to slimmer down then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm hoping maybe this year I'll get a new vehicle. Kind of hoping for something a little bigger than the mom mobile I'm currently rocking. We'll see. Cars are expensive and I don't have a sugar daddy. I'll loan you one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can get one of them to sponsor our podcast. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'm not sure I want any of my sugar daddies listening to Pike with my podcast. Because <laughs> they'd be like, excuse me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> not like I'm lying. <laughs> Just telling people the truth. I didn't tell them your name. Like, Yeah, my current one, the one that won't let go every single time I see him. I see him for two hours at a time. I swear to God, in that two hours of time, he tells me he loves me like 16 times. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I love juice too. I love my new car. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you buy me things. It's so wonderful that you do that. I love this trip that we're going on. I love Hawaii. But honestly, he actually is really sweet. So I wouldn't sugar with him if I was 100% repulsed and found nothing good about him. Like there's definitely people that I've had coffee meets with that I've tried a first date with where by the end of the first date and I'm really thinking about it and I'm like, no, I would kill this man. I would just straight up just start stabbing his face with a butter knife. Like I can't. The one that I have, he's just adorable. Oh my God. And we click. Like if he was my age or if he was only 10 years older than me and not 40 years older than me 42 years older than me 43 if he wasn't 43 years older than me we have the same likes and dislikes we want to travel at the same places we have the same sense of humor he and I can sit there and laugh for an hour we like the same kind of foods so we get along really well it's not like I don't like him 
but there's no way, not in a million years, would I be having sex with a 92-year-old if he was not buying me some really big gifts. <laughs> I can understand that. So it sounds like if he was younger, he could maybe be number five. Could you keep track of a of an extra last name? Yeah, yeah. Like if he was within seven years of my age, I probably would marry him. So, yeah. Does he have a single kid close to your... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, show me those family photos. Because <laughs> I mean, realistically... No, the sick thing is if he's 93 or he's 92 and he had his kids when he's 20, then his kids are 70. I'm only 50. That's still 20 years older than me. So I wouldn't look at his kids. I would look at his grandkids. I'm as old as his grandkids. So I would marry one of his grandchildren. <laughs> I mean, I guess down the line, if the will's written out right, that would be okay. Be a benefit. He can will everything to his family. <laughs> and me. Oh, God, that's terrible. Oh, this is this is our dark humor that we that I mentioned earlier and why sometimes even the disturbing things get made fun of. I'm looking forward to some of these episodes, Rachel, because obviously you've done most of the writing, right? I just kind of jump in and add my thoughts before we record. Some of these episodes are really intriguing to me. For instance, perspective. So fun story. I had a, let's see here, great, great grandmother. She was German and she barely learned English when she moved here. Now, the, the story behind this is that she got her foot amputated due to a medical issue, but she would still tell you, and she said it just like this, my foot in do hurt, my foot in do hurt. She would tell you the foot that was no longer there hurt. Phantom pain is a real thing. And I think that's kind of wild. I mean, we're talking about that in our perspective episode, how amputated body parts can ache. Can it be cured with this phantom limb syndrome? Yes, it can. And I know how. So does that mean you actually went into the episode like you were supposed to and wrote your stories in? <laughs> I skimmed. I didn't write. I will be honest. My phone was dying and I knew it would start writing and then jump because it does that when I start. I have all day tomorrow to do nothing. So. So if the audience, anybody listening wants to know what do Kayla and I argue about, I'll finish an episode. I'll be like, Kayla, I need you to go in and put, so put some stories in. And then like three, four days will go by and I'll check and she didn't. And then another three. And then it'll be time to record. It'll be a day before recording. I'm like, Kayla, just tell me your fucking stories and I'll write them in myself. <laughs> to my credit, that is normal for people with ADHD, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Procrastination is one of our number one issues. And it doesn't bother me. I just think it's hysterical. Oh my it goodness. is, though. It is our top thing where all of a sudden she'll yell at me and be like, ah, shit, I like tail and I'm like I gotta sit on my phone and type for a little bit nobody bother me and then when she does type them in and I go in and read them I'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> so even if she does type them in I'm like just tell me the story and I'll fix this <laughs> I'm bad at that but then what's funny is who sits over here and asks me to read through the things she writes to help her sound like she's not a psychotic lunatic bitch? Kayla, Kayla, read this. Do I sound like a complete maniac? Um, yeah, you do. Let me fix it. This is why we work. Rachel can fix my derp and I can help her be slightly less mean. A little more human. <laughs> 
And the other episode that I am looking forward to that you have written, because there's one coming up that we're going to write together that I'm most intense about. But I am super into reading What is Love? Because I know with your mindset, it's probably going to be a little different than mine. We were raised very differently. We've had very different experiences with love and romance. You've had more partners than I can count. Whereas... I've got less than a handful. Slightly different mindset there. And that's okay. No judgment to people on either side of the spectrum. Just saying our spectrum is very different. And again, I was raised in a family where the parents were a little more loving, a little more kind, a little less wackadoodle dandy. They let me have my name. They didn't change it. They didn't do anything weird with it. Yeah, I'm super curious about the episode What is Love as well, because there was maybe six years in my life where I was convinced I had never felt love from a human being, so I never felt loved and that I had never loved anybody. And then through the process of maturing, you know, now that I'm 50, I went through another bout of years where the woman that I moved in with when I was 16, my ballet teacher, I lived with her for two years. She took care of me my last couple of years of high school so I could graduate. She passed away. So when she passed away, obviously I went through some deep, heavy internal changes and realized I had felt loved. Many people had made me feel loved. I also have loved people. When the random American says, well, a sociopath can't feel love. It's like, yeah, we can. You know, a psychopath can't feel love. Yeah, we can. And it might be a fucked up love, but we can and we do. And people with personality disorders can love. You might not want that love. (laughs) That love might hurt you in the most horrible, tragic ways. Trauma bonding is no, there's nothing good about trauma bonding. Even my mom can love and needs to feel safe. It's not something I would recommend anyone doing with my mother. Even the worst people on the planet can love, have felt loved, do love. It's just not something you want to experience. I don't think there's any person on this planet that very specifically cannot do a thing like that. It's just you hear that phrase, this person cannot love, this person cannot understand sarcasm. I don't think that's ever true. I don't think a person with one's, you know, a specific disorder or whatever. I don't think they all fit that because like you just said, even your mom, who we've heard lots of stories and your siblings agree, has a lot of issues, didn't really show good love or caring for you kids, but she still has the capability to love and be loved. We hear people all the time. My husband is, we're pretty sure on the spectrum. We've never got the official diagnosis, but whatever. But there's a statement, oh, you know, autistic people, they can't understand sarcasm. They don't know how to read a room. My husband's the king of sarcasm sarcasm. Sometimes I don't understand his sarcasm because I'm like, damn, that was deadpan. So I don't think you can ever say that a person because of a personality disorder or being on the spectrum or anything like that absolutely cannot do something. I think a majority fit into that. But I think you're right. Sociopaths and psychopaths, I mean, they can feel love. They might not do it in a way that we would think is normal or want to receive. Yeah, they talk about schizoids where they can't have relationships. It's like they can. It might not be one you would want to be in. Right, exactly. (laughs) The big one coming up that I'm looking forward to writing with you is the postpartum. I know I talked about loving being pregnant, but that was a thing for me. I struggled with postpartum. Actually had a major effect on my relationship with my husband, on my relationship with my friends, with my kids. I, at one point, got into this bubble of depression where no one could touch my child. No one was good enough to take care of my child. I couldn't handle the concept of a daycare. The only person besides my husband that I would let take care of our child was my mom because I knew she was capable. 
because she raised me. Of course, she's capable. I mean, I couldn't, no one else. I wouldn't let my sisters. I wouldn't let my nieces. I wouldn't let anybody. And that was all because of the depression, because I was so scared. What if something happens? I just lived in this world of what if something happens? What if, what if he chokes on the bottle and they don't know how to help him? And oh my God, he's going to die. And blah, blah, blah. I still had a hard time even handing him over to my husband. I had postpartum. I was single. I was not in a relationship. I was not married. I'd spent years trying to find a partner that wanted to get married and have a baby. And then I spent years trying to find somebody that would just impregnate me. And I was ready to go to a bar and have a one night stand when I met the father of my son. That was a perfect situation for me. I got pregnant, was not with his father at all. So it was just me being pregnant, having my baby. I was severely delusional. I 100% knew that I was going to have a girl. And it was going to be me and my daughter. And I was going to raise her by myself. And we were going to be blissfully happy. And when he was born, the midwife handed me to him, put him on my belly and said, It's a boy. What would you like to name him? I didn't want him. She could have put him in a trash can. And I could have walked away and never thought about it again. That's how strong my feelings were. I didn't want him. Nursing him for two months was the most horrific experience because inside my brain, my inner voice was continually I have an obsessive nature. I have obsessive thoughts. And my obsessive thought was, kill the baby, kill the boy, just get rid of it, start over, have a girl. This isn't what you want. You don't want to be stuck with this for 18 years. Smother him, leave him outside in the cold, go put him in the hospital somewhere and just leave him, walk away. It was really hard. It was a really hard two months for me. One day, he was singing with me. I think I talked about this in an episode. We started singing together. I think he was three months old. It just changed. I fell in love with him right then and there. My whole life became obsessed with making him happy. And you ended up raising a pretty cool kid. I've talked to him a few times. He's pretty cool. <laughs> That's wild though. Even even postpartum depression for you and I has was different. Mine was completely 100 from the moment that child came out. For both of my boys, really, it was, I will protect you with my life. No one will ever be good enough for you but me. Whereas you, and granted with me, I was, I wanted a boy. My, my first one, I was like, it's got to be a boy. I have to have a boy. I want a boy. It's going to be a boy. I don't care. He's going to be a boy. And then when we got the ultrasound and saw he was a boy, I was like, it's a boy. Yes, I got a boy. And then of course I wanted my second one to be a girl. And so when they showed us that ultrasound, I was, but I don't want it. Can you try another angle? Fix it. <laughs> we joke about if we're going to have a third. I'm like, it'd be nice to have a girl. And my husband goes, but what if it's another boy? I'm like, oh God another one remember that article we were talking about it was one of the first few episodes and we were like change the way your diet is if you're always having boys or if you're always yes. having girls make sure your diet is completely exact opposite if you were eating base foods like you know cereals and grains then go for acidic foods like all fruits god i don't remember that was six years ago they say if you eat a more grain diet like me i'm always i eat cold cereal three meals a day for six months on end they say that will get you a boy i definitely was eating a grain-based diet when aaron was conceived if you've got two boys look around and be like do i eat a lot of bread do i eat a lot of sandwiches pizzas pastas uh, cereals and just don't like the whole three months leading up to your conception just eat fruits and vegetables and that's it i mean i think i drank a lot of grain-based liquors do it for me kayla just do it for me kayla i, I got a note <laughs> just try it <laughs>
Yeah, and I'll try standing on my head and doing a dance. I'll have to look back and see if I can remember what the hell I was eating when I got pregnant with my kids. Like I said, I know I know the second one, there was a lot of green-based liquor involved. So does that count? Because <laughs> I'm like freezing. This is my closet. I have all of my clothes around the walls. And then I have all of my spare blankets around the clothes to create this echo-free chamber sound reducing. There's no heat in here and it's winter and it's freezing balls outside and so I'm in this room just shivering my ass off. Tell me about where you record, Kayla. Where are you? I am in my basement in this ugly little room that will someday be a beautiful office. The floor is unfinished. There is literally parts of the wall behind me that had to be cut away due to water damage. I love it because I do have a little space heater. You can kind of see in the corner over in the one that that is my husband's grandfather's architect desk, which is where I like to sit and doodle some of my designs for my crafts that I make because I am a total craftaholic, but I'm also the craftaholic who never finishes any of the projects. Once in a while I do. I don't know if I showed you the picture. I made a dish towel that I hand embroidered the phrase, oh, you dirty dishes on it, which I thought was hilarious. I giggled for like five minutes about the dumb thing. This is my little bubble. I'm working on making it more soundproof. Right now you are positioned inside a bookshelf built into the wall. All my little recording stuff is in that space. I posted a picture at one point on our Instagram of my setup. So then I have my little lucky crystal set up in the corner because I totally believe in healing crystals and stuff like that. So I have a cool little setup in my corner. And You just gave me an idea about an episode. We should do one on crystals because crystals are a huge part of science and they're in a lot of technology. Like my computer has a crystal component and I would love... We gotta i'm gonna make an episode about crystals sounds yeah. like a plan i've got a collection galore i started collecting them when i was a kid before i even knew why i just felt the draw and so i have little stones and crystals and some of them are like cheapy stones from stores in like south dakota where it's like buy for your rock and they're just polished river stones i have all kinds of cool ones i've got my freaking obsidian and i've got my unpolished citrine looks pretty yeah <laughs> I'm totally all about that. I will happily share all the information I have stored up for you on that. All right. So we'll do science, religion, metaphysical, just dive right into every conceivable aspect of uh, crystals. I'm going to put that on our list. If you guys have any suggestions about episodes that we can do, write in, like post them on our Instagram, post them on our TikTok, email us, let us know what you want us to get all wackadoodle on, come up with some fun episodes. And I'd love to introduce next week's episode, which is going to be perspective, how it affects relationships. We have amputated arms that ache in agony and pain, phantom limb syndrome that can be cured. Sometimes we hear our loved ones speak and misinterpret what was said. How can we cure our phantom relationship problems? We, we love, love you. you. We'll see you next week on Dating Hypothesis. Hypothesis.